Looking to provide your school or organization with high-quality audio products at affordable prices? Andreas Communications specializes in designing microphones, headsets, USB adapters, webcams, and more to ensure online reliable communication. Their EDU series of products are built to withstand the rigors of classroom usage. Andreas Communication partners with iTutor to provide an exclusive discount for Learning Can't Wait listeners of 40% off their noise-canceling headsets. Head to https colon forward slash forward slash andreacommunications.com forward slash itutor forward slash today to access this limited offer. IPVO is making online learning simple for educators and students alike. Their affordable and lightweight document cameras let teachers simply plug and play to share anything. Homework, live demos, PowerPoints, videos, and more from anywhere. Compatible with any device, teachers can make the most of their document cameras with creative filters, time lapses, stop motion, and more through IPVO's free software, Visualizer. IPVO and iTutor have partnered to provide a 20% discount to all Learning Can't Wait listeners. Visit IPVO.com forward slash iTutor to upgrade your technology today. Welcome to the Learning Can't Wait podcast, an iTutor production. At iTutor, our vision is to ensure every child has access to education, regardless of circumstance. Each episode, we will be joined by pathfinders within and around the education space who are bringing about transformational change on behalf of deserving students. I am your host, Haley Spierbauer. As I thought about recording a review of season two, I had a lot of emotions. The Learning Can't Wait podcast is two seasons old. This is our 36th episode, and we've had some incredible, profound guests as part of our recordings. And there is nothing I am more proud of than elevating these incredible individuals and giving them a platform amongst the many other platforms they already have, to share their experiences, their learnings, their impressions of the future of education, and hopefully give some optimism and hope to everybody tuning in and listening each week. In this season, we started off with one of my own colleagues, Marnie Grant, a teacher recruiter who shared about his experience in and around ed tech recruiting teachers for vacancies in school districts, for larger programs, and now here at iTutor. You know, as I listened to one of his episodes, I, or excuse me, when I listened to part of his episode, I was really struck by a story that Marnay shared regarding recruiting teachers of color. And he had shared an experience of listening to a student from a conference ask, why he should go back into a traumatic situation that he made it out of. And just today, you know, middle of January, towards end of January, I read an article of the same ilk, just speaking to how challenging it is uh, both to establish norms, habits, cultures within organizations that don't have them to recruit teachers of colors and create a pipeline and how important it is 
but how it also exposes the same people who had traumatic experiences within schools to some of the challenges that school teachers and leaders face today. It's interesting because Education Week also published a piece about a particular district that has done a phenomenal job both recruiting and retaining and promoting leaders of color. It's the Eden Prairie School District, which is a suburb near Minneapolis. And nearly half of their principals and associate principals are people of color. That is incredibly, incredibly profound and meaningful, given what we know about both the shrinking teacher pipeline and the research that strongly correlates with student success when school leaders and teachers of color are in the classroom and around classrooms, students of color perform better. So really exciting to read this article entitled, A School District Now Has a Deep Bench of Principles of Color. See how it got there. And it reminded me of the episode I recorded with Marnay uh, called The Second Most Important Job of the wor- in the World, which First most important job is alluded to in the episode, which is being a teacher. Thus, the second most important job being a teacher recruiter. And there were other episodes this season which spoke about teachers recruiting, our recruitment of teachers. And the last episode, last week's release, was with Dr. Christian Wilkins, who is an associate professor at SUNY Brockport, as well as he is the department chair of education and early development at the State University of New York at Brockport. And what's interesting is he is a leader and teacher preparatory expert at a university that is not experiencing a declining enrollment in their teacher preparatory programs, as opposed to every other school within the SUNY system, which is experiencing a dramatic decline in enrollment. And so, you know, those two episodes, amongst many of the other episodes this season, focused on teacher shortage, the challenges that folks are experiencing in recruiting and retaining teachers. And I think, or I know, you can expect season three to cover many of those topics as well. Another episode that I really want to highlight for everybody is an episode with Travis Anderson, who is a, or actually he just moved on from his position as the director of Montana Gear Up. He's moving into a new position supporting incarcerated youth and their education in the state of Montana. And, you know, I named that the teacher shortage was a theme throughout season two. It's also going to be a theme throughout season three. But one point that we talked about in the Resilience in Rural America episode from season two is just how dire it is in rural America to find talent. He stated that when there are two candidates that apply for a position, a district nearly celebrates because of how rare that is. And many people within the district wear multiple hats, way beyond what you would expect from a teacher, a school leader, an aide. He spoke about the experience of having to get certified in fixing boilers when he was a school leader, because otherwise the building would have been too cold, which in rural Montana in the middle of winter makes learning absolutely impossible. Some of the challenges that some urban districts or city school districts do not face are unique and very high hurdles for people in rural regions like in Montana or other parts of the country is a profound 
statement on how education can be different and how the recent debate on the teacher shortage, where many pundits and researchers made generalized sweeping statements, there are teacher shortages, there aren't teacher shortages. What, it, what we learn later is that there are teacher shortages, but they're regionalized, primarily affecting communities of color, primarily affecting communities with low socioeconomic status, high populations of low socioeconomic status. So not to be, not completely surprising that rural America, Montana, one of the places that Travis speaks about, has that particular need and challenge. An episode that I keep rolling over in my mind, if you haven't listened yet, you should listen now, is the episode entitled All Eyes on Student Attendance with Dr. Danielle Dooley, Heidi, or excuse me, Hetty Chang, and Dr. Lisa Downey. That episode focused on a community perspective of student attendance with Hetty Chang, who is the executive director of Attendance Works, speaking on the research, the data we've collected, the severe crises we're facing in student attendance. Getting kids to school is a unique challenge. And our data tells us that getting them to school is more than half the battle in terms of social and emotional benefit and academic benefit. And Dr. Danielle Dooley of Children's Medical in Washington, D.C., spoke about the community-based perspective, how pediatricians can work with school districts to play a part in getting students to school. And Dr. Lisa Downey of Mineola School District, one of the assistant principals there, spoke about how they have built solid community practices that engage students, not just from their classroom teachers, but more robust support from individuals who are assigned to students throughout their tenure at Mineola School District. That theme of community and connectivity is one we also saw replicated in the episode with Juliana Finnegan, the VP of Strategy and Learning at VV, as well as with Tyrone Holmes in the episode entitled Creating a Culture of Belonging. And Ty, in, in the episode that we recorded with him, shared he's the chief inclusion officer at a very well-known ed tech company known as Curriculum Associates. But both Ty and Juliana spoke about the importance of bringing people together, creating inclusive cultures within an organization, which can be extrapolated to within a school, as we saw mirrored in Dr. Lisa Downey's episode, All Eyes on Student Attendance. And creating that community element, creating a place where people feel excited, empowered, and have relationships with folks pays dividends. It's funny. I ask a question very often in this season. The very first question I ask is, how did you come to be the professional and personal version of yourself? And no, I I don't have the exact number, but I would say more than 90% of people named a mentor, either one that they met in their high school career, collegiate, post-college, but a mentor is the reason why they are where they are today. Someone they connected with that took a keen interest in them as a person, as a professional, and who nurtured them and shepherded them and brought them and helped them grow to become that professional and personal version of themselves. And every time someone said it, I still felt surprised, not 
in a way that I was shocked and didn't believe that that could be the reason why someone had achieved such prestige or such had been able to garner such impact in their field, but really because I think it summarized for me a point that, that this whole world is about relationships, not who we know, but how we invest in the people around us. And in school, I would argue there is nothing more important between a teacher and a student than their relationship. Not every teacher has to in their heart and love every student. It is a fact of human nature that relationships may be challenging. There may be difficulties between them, but I have yet to find a situation where in my own experience, investing in a student, getting to know them, getting to let them be their authentic selves in my classroom resulted in anything other than progress for that student, whether it be small progress, such as participating in the classroom or greater progress, like a blossoming of a personality, an engagement with the content, a curiosity that I hadn't seen before. And so again, not completely surprising to me that that question I ask about how we became the personal and professional version of ourselves so often elicited a result about relationships. But in no other episode do you hear that more than with David Adams, the CEO of Urban Assembly, and Jabali Sawicki, the Compass Director at NXU, their episode entitled Mental Health Focus, Building Systems, Structures, and Schools for the Whole Child. We talked a lot about actualizing a community, a system, a structure, as the title of the episode is, in a way that allows students to get the tools, knowledge, and strategies to navigate the world. At Urban Assembly, they incorporate and build in quality social-emotional learning. They are integrally attending to behavior, attendance, decision-making, ensuring students have, again, the tools to be able to navigate this world. And in listening to Jabali and David, sometimes agree and sometimes challenge one another. It was profound to me the emphasis on explicit instruction of strategies that promote mental health, both as part of the curriculum in NXU's case, but also as part of the fabric of the building of a school. So often these days we hear a debate or a dialogue around the term social and emotional learning. And it's unfortunate. Both, both of the speakers agreed it is, it is troubling to hear that investing in, in creating students' mental fortitude, helping them navigate challenging relationships, building within them the knowledge and know-how to overcome challenges before them, both personally and interpersonally, we know has a profound and dramatic impact on students long-term. So that episode really solidified this theme, the second theme I'm talking about, which is culture, community connection in and around schools that we heard in many of the episodes this season, including Dr. Denisha Murph's episode, Collective Urgency in School Today. Now, you know, Dr. Murph is a repeat guest on the Learning Can't Wait podcast, and it was a pleasure to have her back sharing about how her particular district, MSW Wayne Township in Indiana, has not only cultivated the best teachers and school leaders in the state of Indiana, 
but also what structures they've put in place to focus on students' academic needs in this three years of pandemic learning and challenges. There has been a huge emphasis in her district on individualized support, small group support, what we call high dosage tutoring. We see it time and time again in districts that this is the main mechanism for improving student outcomes during this crisis, this time of crisis in academic learning. And what Dr. Murph and actually Tafshir Cosby in the episode, The Power of Parents, talk a lot about is, again, bringing the community together. In Tafshir Cosby's episode, we talked a little bit about how her, as the senior director of the Center for Organizing and Partnership for the National Parents Union and the co-founder and co-chief executive officer of Parent Impact, how they create advocacy for parents or help teach parents how to advocate on behalf of their students and their community at their schools to advocate for these items, such as high dosage tutoring, to really make sure that each child has equitable access to opportunities. Tafshir speaks about how parents are the second stakeholder in any conversation about education. And Dr. Murph really spoke about some of the primary stakeholders being the students. And then you have teachers and school leaders. We all have to be on the exact same page, which of course is a challenge. And I'm thinking now to the episode called Fractured Learning, the Need for Cohesion in Education, the Need for Cohesion in Education. That episode this season featured Dr. Leo Bialis-White, a partner at New Schools Venture Fund, Shelby Hildreth, Ulrich Shannon, and Molly Legere, all from the Academy for Urban School Leadership on the Liberated Way team. That episode spoke about how at the micro level, within a school, learning is incredibly fractured from classroom to classroom. And when you think about the macro level, school to school within a district, district to district within a state, state to state within the U.S., it's incredibly overwhelming to think about the many signals and jagged experiences, as Dr. Bialis White shared, that students have when schools don't flow together from institution to institution, and how many point solutions there are out there making it more challenging to bring communities forward. In this episode, the AUSL team shared a little bit about how they are supporting schools in finding cohesion from classroom to classroom to allow for a unified experience. As students go from K to 12 within a district, they are speaking the same language, regardless of the teacher they had, regardless of what path or journey they were put on or experienced, which is an incredible challenge at the micro level, no less at the macro level, which we discussed in that episode if you missed it. And then there are some incredible leaders of organizations I just absolutely respect. I interviewed Abbas Manji of Kidum, co-founder and chief academic, academic officer of Kidum. Um, we talked about EdTech saturation point, which was also a theme in that episode, Fractured Learning, how many tools there are today and how vital it is now more than ever that we simplify what teachers have in their hands 
and what students see on a regular basis to make learning more cohesive, more unified, and more coherent. There was Laura Slover, the Chief Executive Officer of Centerpoint Education Solutions. Similar to uh, the conversation with Abbas Manji, another leader in the assessment space and the space around curriculum. Actually, Kidham and Centerpoint have a partnership so that Kidham's assessment solutions are important into, excuse me, Centerpoint's assessment solutions are important into Kidham to eliminate some of that fractured learning we were speaking about earlier. Um, but Laura and I spoke a lot about how schools can build their assessment assessment literacy and how to make data our friend and not the enemy within schools and necessary evil to promote learning. And we spoke to Raina Glumack, the founder and lead of, of Rye Consulting and Rye Education Group about procurement. How do tools like iTutor or Kidum or Centerpoint get into a school and the process of procurement and what it entails and how we can get high quality tools and materials in the hands of teachers in a process that allows for a district to have unity. So that theme of coherence that we spoke about on the fractured learning episode. And last but certainly not least, we had George Valenzuela speaking on an educator's voice within. For him, finding his path in, in and around education, starting up the practice of bringing project-based learning and real leadership coaching into school districts. An incredible journey he's had and really high quality resources, both published in Edutopia and on his own website, Lifelong Learning Defined. And then Mike Yates in the episode called Questioning Everything in Education, which if you know me, I tend to do. And so Mike and I had a really fantastic chat this season speaking on his experiences now at Teach for America at the Reinvention Lab. And also just what happened in the traditional teaching system. How, and now I'm going on a theme here, starting with Marnay, now leading back to Mike Yates, how systems and education needs to look different in order to really dismantle some of the systemic flaws that have continually oppressed and marginalized students and populations within school districts. And build out, one, he's really interested in storytelling, again, a theme that I love as I host a podcast as well, but two, making sure that we're hearing success stories around in and around education. So that was a really, really powerful episode, which I highly recommend if you haven't listened. And our final, final two releases were re-releases of the EdTech Week speech that I gave this year with Start Started, uh, is EdTech Making Learning Accessible for All, and my appearance on Holly Owens's Ed Up EdTech podcast, which was incredibly fun. Huh, man, so that is a lot of me talking, but some highlights of this season and really helping to unify all of the episodes that we released and get you excited about what's coming next. In season three, you can look forward to some incredible speakers. You can see the deputy director for the Office of EdTech for the U.S. government, Christina Ishmael, will be on season three. We will have Evan Stone, the co-founder and co-CEO of Educators for Excellence, an educator advocacy group that I really admire. You'll hear from some of my colleagues during this season, Dr. Kelsey Young, our director of research here at iTutor, but generally speaking about 
the field of ed tech and research, which will go really nicely with an episode we're recording this season with Bart Epstein, the chief executive officer of the EdTech Evidence Exchange, and also a board member of ISTE and ASCD, someone that I think you all really appreciate. So lots to look forward to. Sharing a little sneak peek into season three. Really grateful you joined me here for season two. And I look forward to the upcoming episodes and your participation in the Learning Can't Wait podcast. Thanks for listening to the Learning Can't Wait podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share this episode. Be the first to know when we have a new episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for an episode, email us at podcast at itutor.com. Grow your teaching staff with just one click. iTutor partners with state licensed teachers from across the U.S. to help schools provide additional instruction to students. Whether you need them part-time or full-time, our educators are standing by to get you started right away. Head to itutor.com to learn more.